0: Welcome back to The Great Indoors. Before we dive into today's interview, I want to tell you about our next season, which will be recorded live at MWC Barcelona from February the 26th to the 29th. You'll hear from industry experts, explore new innovations, and gain new insight into the world of connectivity. New episodes coming early March, wherever you get your podcasts. You've guessed it, TGI is back in Las Vegas. Welcome to The Great Indoors, a podcast where we look at the technological implications brought about by the next industrial revolution and how this can potentially help solve the biggest problems facing humanity. I'm your host, Matt Roberts, and joining me is my co-pilot and producer, Larissa Yee. And this time, some even more special guests. So for this new season, we have episodes that focus specifically on Canada and also interviews that we recorded at MWC Las Vegas this year. And that's where we'll start today in fabulous Las Vegas. And for the third year in a row, The Great Indoors is the GSMA's official podcast for MWC Las Vegas, the biggest technology and telecom show in the United States. Unfortunately, however, for various reasons, I couldn't make the trip to Nevada this year, so I asked a good friend to help me out. And that good friend is Amdocs's own Mike McDade. Now, Mike hosts his own Amdocs podcast, Your Career, Is It Choice or Chance? And that's why he's a perfect stand-in to join the TGA family for this special week. So I'm really excited to introduce Mike to the family. I know he's had a great time in Las Vegas with some great guests. So take it away, Mike.
1: Thank you, Matt. You are right. I am thrilled to be hosting the podcast from wonderful Las Vegas. It was a terrible sacrifice for me to go to Las Vegas. I have to be honest. I went with high aspirations, and I returned with with less money than what I started with. So, but I guess this is the uh, the moral of the Las Vegas story, right? So, I did want to highlight before we start that one of the new things that we introduced this season is the TGI Open Mic, and with the TGI Open Mic. We opened The Great Indoors to the wider population at MWC Las Vegas uh, to get the pulse of everything that they were hearing, they were thinking, they were seeing. We invited all of the attendees to join us there and to share their viewpoints on the hottest topics of the day across the wide world of technology. In this episode of The Great Indoors podcast, myself and my colleague Jacob Thomas interviewed Massimo Baselli. Massimo is the chief revenue officer for Verizon's global enterprise and public sector business. Together we discussed how Verizon's leveraging 5G to transform healthcare, manufacturing, and other industries by partnering to build innovative solutions. Massimo explained how Verizon's network infrastructure enables real-time data analysis, operational efficiency, and better customer experiences. He also provided his perspective on managing change in culture with a large organization and how to balance innovation with day-to-day demands. Key highlights of the discussion included Massimo's insights on accelerating technology adoption, the importance of security and data protection, and collaborating across ecosystems to connect the dots for customers. Overall, the interview covered Verizon's vision and strategy for driving the next generation of enterprise solutions.
2: Hello and welcome to The Great Indoors, MWC 23 Las Vegas edition. My name is Mike McDade. I'm the head of technology operations at Amdocs. I am joined for this podcast by my colleague and the account executive, for Verizon at Amdocs, Jacob Thomas, and we are thrilled to be joined today by Massimo Pacelli, the Chief Revenue Officer of Global Enterprise and Public Sector for Verizon Business. Massimo, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Mike, for having me. We're delighted to have you here. First up, we'll we'll just get uh, everybody comfortable, so can you tell us a little bit about where your background, where you came from, what you're doing today, and then we'll we'll get into the
3: questions. Well, first of all, I came from Italy. I'm Italian, so I've been working for Verizon for 26 years. Uh, always been in the B2B. I'm an engineer by education. I did almost every possible job in Europe and then I moved to U.S. Uh, about 11 years ago, being responsible for our operations on the West Coast uh, for okay. a few years. And then I changed uh, a few time roles until um, my recent appointment uh, and I now live uh, in New Jersey where we had rise Horizon you. And you were you jumped around a little in the U.S. as well. You were in California, you said. Yeah, I lived nine years in California, and I moved to New Jersey a couple of years ago. Okay, awesome. So your chief revenue
2: officer role started what a few months ago, right? It's a real Uh, about a
3: year ago. Oh, almost uh,
2: August. uh, August last year. Okay. So can you tell us a little bit about what the what the scope is there, and then we'll talk a little bit about the priorities and how that played into the Yeah.
3: So uh, as a mission, as an organization, uh, uh, we have a responsibility to serve. uh, global enterprise and public sector business as they transform their business. There's a theme that is very clear and has accelerated after the pandemic. And the theme is that technology is the enabler of every organization in enterprise and public sector. And when we talk about technology, we talk about application, we talk about AI, we talk about cloud computing. But there is one element that is foundational for everything, and it's the network. Verizon is a network company. We have been investing hundreds of millions of dollars to build the network, and we believe that the network is a foundation of the Technology innovation that drives the business transformation of every organization in the enterprise and topic sector.
2: Hey, can I ask you a little bit about it just, just to kind of follow on to your, to your comment? I mean, you've been in the after enterprise sector for for a while. You know, because of the maturity of technology, the maturity of networks, right? The maturity of ecosystems, right? Do you feel we're at a point where there's like a, an upward swing in, in enterprise uh, connectivity, like like these massive scale adoptions for inter- for vertical use cases and things like that?
3: Yes, we we can clearly see that. IT and technology was more of a cost center for organizations uh, for many, many years. And now it's crystal clear that uh, every organization has two main objectives. The first is uh, to create more operational efficiency. And the second is to create better customer experience for their customers and create new revenue streams. And guess what? Technology is the neighbor of both these motions, operational efficiency and customer experience. And when you you talk about technology, you talk about data. You talk about the impressive amount of data that are now generated. And the technology helps uh, to analyze those data and to create uh, real-time or near real-time insights that inform people and machines uh, on the best next action. And that's what technology is about.
1: TGI. Open
4: mic. Hello, my name is Michael Upchurch. I'm with Avion Networks. As we look at how we're going to be utilizing that data, we need a a tool to capture data real time that's going to execute the data to a actionable item so that we can use it for business decision making and removing the emotion and the processing time for capturing that data and, and turning it into something actionable. So I think that 5G is gonna give us the speed and latency that we need for automation. And I think that that's gonna empower our business decision making, not only in manufacturing and automation space, but in in our production mindset and our production capabilities on the plant floor. I'm. Really looking forward to all the sensors and everything that we're we're currently using in our private networks. And I like that, that AI tool is gonna to be able to capture that data and crunch it to give us action items so that we can push manufacturing and engineering to the next level. And I think it's gonna have a huge impact on manufacturing space, specifically the uh, food and beverage space, which we're currently diving head head first into. And so we're, we're really looking forward to all the cool things that we're gonna be doing with generative AI in the near future. And and how that's going to impact the bottom line.
2: It's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting uh, time in the evolution, right, yes. of uh, enterprise adoption. Jacob, I want to maybe bring you into the discussion a little bit too. Yeah. I, I think uh, you know you're living, uh, living, eating, and breathing this here with the with the team as well every day. Yeah.
5: Firstly, uh, super excited here you know, to be with Massimo, and thank you for joining us. So, Masimo, as as Verizon is clearly a leader of the five G innovation adoption in the industry right now, but beyond connectivity, and now you are serving some of the largest enterprises like NFL, and we look at uh, you know the recent Palo Alto Health Group and those customers. What are some of the key benefits you are right now seeing, and what kind of feedback you're getting from these customers utilizing? such a very high-end, let's say, you know, in terms of the network experience and so forth. I just want to just yeah. be interested to get your perspective on that.
3: Yeah, first of all, thank you for recognizing that we're kind of a leaders in the implementation of 5G Solution. You have to know that uh, thanks to our now current CEO, who was, was CTO for a period of time, we really started seven, eight years ago to hire people from different industries like healthcare, retail, public sector. And we asked them the questions, what are the main pain points yep. in your industry? And how can 5G with these capabilities help solve those problems? Yep. So already before the technology was available, we started working uh, with those people and some you know, friendly customers uh, to hypothetical use cases. Yep. As soon as this technology has become available, we move from the paper to the labs we start building proof of concept. And now we have tens of implementations in production. So you mentioned a couple. It's interesting, the NFL coach-to-coach communication, it is running on a a private network in the venues. The NFL came to us first to support the, the games outside of US because they didn't know what kind of communication yep. framework they could find in Mexico or in Europe. Right. So we build this kind of network to allow the coach-to-coach communication and coach-to-players communication, which is kind of an essential part of the game. Yep. And then they saw that it worked so well and was so reliable that they told us, they asked us to implement a solution in every one of the 30 stadiums yep. here in US, which we just did. Yep. It's a kind of a basic operational efficiency. So I talk about the experience and yep. efficiency. This is an operational efficiency. <laughs> uh, but once you have infrastructure in the stadium, you can use, and we are already using the same infrastructure for the fans. We have implementations of accelerated access where the members. Uh, okay. We can just walk into the stadium just by a facial authentication. Yep. Or we have solution for express checkout uh, where you have the virtual store where you pick up the stuff and then and you just walk out uh, and you got the rest received on your phone in a matter of seconds. And the same for VA and Cleveland Clinic another official, official press release. Yep. Uh, it is about healthcare. care. When we think about the healthcare of the future, how can the network enable the healthcare of the future? And it's again, a lot is about internal communication. Believe it or not, even the most sophisticated hospitals, uh, today, nurses and physicians are communicating by pager. And then you have the more sophisticated monitoring of the patients uh, inside the hospital, or you have a more efficient asset tracking uh, and then you goes into the virtual preparation of a surgery. Is it? So these are all use cases enabled by the same exact infrastructure.
5: It's amazing. I think I would add, end to it that two, three years ago when these use cases were being talked about in theory, today you're actually seeing this being yeah. adopted and people are able to relate, you know, the patients and yeah. doctors. And and now with the large enterprises like the gaming, we a lot of people in the U.S., watch games and yeah. as family members and they get that experience which is, i think pretty cool to see now
3: yeah and and i tell you you know it's been so inspiring that last year i spent a full day in a hospital yep and really talking to the nurses talking to physicians and talking to everyone operating in the hospital yep and hearing about their problems, and with a bunch of technical guys, (laughs) we say, oh, you know, we can help with that. And you could see the face of the nurses, of the physicians, of the ER operators. They said, oh, if you would do that, I could help people better. And the same happens on the manufacturing. Yeah. When we talk to the leaders, to the managers of the manufacturing floor, they say, you know, uh, how are you doing this? Uh, you know, what's your pain point? Uh, how would you, this uh, help you? And then we come up with two or three use cases, and it's kind of uh, enlightening to see Same. how the people who really do the work every day yep. are kind of inspired and excited about the opportunity of the next generation of that works.
2: Maybe universally exciting in a way, right? So as, as Verizon, I'm sure it's exciting as a as a provider of solutions, as people, right, we get excited about the value it brings us as consumers, right, as people who are connected to the end of service, right? So uh, I think it's an exciting exciting
3: time for, for everyone. really. And it's and it's public sector as well. Yeah. When we talk about public safety, a lot of the public safety stands on the ability to communicate, sure. right? The forces on the field that, and today is mainly audio communication, sure. but you know more and more there will be an extreme use uh, of videos. Yeah, and it's already happening. So throw, uh, right? Yeah. But okay. think about also a community where. You know, videos could come from the agents on the field, from the forces on the field, but could come also from the cameras in the street, Mm -hmm. and could come from citizens who might be on the scene and could be able to feed the... Crowdsourcing video. Crowdsourcing video, you know, and again, AI able to process those videos and capture the right information to be delivered back to the people on the field. That changed completely how we're going to provide help. On oh, the monetization side of things, right? I feel
2: like, you know, private enterprise networks are obviously a major yep. topic for everybody yeah. these days. When you think about the other side of the, the equation here, where we're talking about monetizing these solutions as Verizon, mm-hmm. right? How
3: are you thinking about that? How are you thinking about goals? How are you thinking about what you you know, yeah. what you know, want to achieve there? So private networks, as we just discussed, it's a, it's a growing interest, but it's still a... Stilly- really it's uh, infancy it's, sure. it's really yeah. the early it's days the next, uh, yep. there's yep. another use case uh, on 5g that has uh, reached a, a decent level of maturity i would say it's a teenager right That's now right. and it's what we call fixed wireless access yep. Yep. Uh, or uh, broadband uh, on on wireless so which is actually the ability uh, to use a wireless connectivity yep. a box with a wireless sim to provide broadband internet yeah Last year, you know, it was really almost nothing. Uh, this year, it's it's it became a, a substantial business for Verizon. Right. Sure. And every month, uh, we're beating the record of the previous month. That's impressive. So we've seen really in 12 months, a uh, company looking at wireless uh, from being just a backup on board of connectivity or using fixed wireless uh, as a primary connectivity for their business. So, t- we're talking about... You know, small medium business. So we're talking about branches. We're talking about uh, branches of banks, uh, branches of insurance, of uh, pharmacies. Uh, there are now some of these locations were just running on a pure wireless connectivity. Wow.
2: that's great. Yeah, I know, I, obviously we saw it in the, the consumer spaces as, as well as the enterprise. Yeah, space, right. Uh, and subscriber growth in, in that uh, across the board, and also internationally. Right, we see it in uh, in
3: different markets around the world. FWA has become you know a major subscriber driver for, and three really reasons. Uh, first of with the capacity we have now, we can reach uh, hundreds of megabit per second of sure. speed. The second is resiliency; it has typical resiliency of the wireless network. Affordability mm-hmm. is now available at a very affordable price, uh, and the fourth uh, is uh, the easy of delivery. Yeah. You can yeah. have. Uh, hundreds of megabits of internet connectivity in a day or two. Right. Think about, uh, you know, a big enterprise, uh, opening stores uh, or or a big adding BPO agents uh, or uh, insurance agencies uh, or a store, you know, moving along the street. Uh, you can have your network and you can run your business in a matter of day.
2: mentioned AI in a different context, but I want to talk maybe broader about AI for a second, so it's been around for a long time, it's not a new topic. Yeah. We, we've been talking about it for, in different ways for many years. Every service provider, every every software vendor, everybody has their, their own strategy. Obviously, one of the major risks that business is really in generative AI. So I, I wanted to get maybe your, your thinking it for, for Verizon Business on how you're thinking about AI now, and, and maybe we can drill it a little bit to, to the generative AI piece as well.
3: Yeah, so we've been using AI in Verizon for a long time. Just to give you an idea, uh, we use AI to decide where to install our antennas as we deploy 5G network. Obviously based on propagation um, of uh, of the radio frequency on population, so the density of the antennas, the position of the antennas uh, have been determined using AI. And we use AI to run our network, our operation, so we have a lot of data and we are comparing data to the standard behavior of a network as soon as we see something that we are able to determine what is working and how we can fix it. And then moving into the Gen AI, Uh, We're we're looking to consider Gen AI in a couple of areas of the business. One is our contact centers through AI-enabled chat box, but also to uh, provide information to our agents. And also we're thinking of using AI for our marketing team, you know, producing collaterals and analyzing data from a marketing standpoint. All in the context of uh, security. Yeah. For us, security is uh, primary: our intellectual property security and our customer data security. So that's why, for maybe, seems to be moving a little slower than some others, sure. uh, but because security and data production is paramount for us.
2: I think you, you know, we we see that. I always refer to it as like a metaverse moment, right? You don't want people to jump all in all yeah, of a sudden and exactly. then and then decide to open. so I think I think we maybe there are some some of us who maybe have been uh, burned or maybe are a little more skeptical yeah. by that concept, right? The early uh, adoption, as you probably have seen, it's not as easy as everyone would like yeah. it to be, right? Uh, it's like any new technology, I guess. We we kind of like it in a, in a strange way to the to the cloud evolution, right? It, it, it's, yeah. uh, there's a learning curve. There's foundational technologies that have to evolve and things like that, and we're still seeing how that will play out, right? So. Uh, I think the governance piece, the security, the protection yeah. that you mentioned is, is probably, it is not probably, it is the most critical piece. And from what we can tell so far, it's also the hardest, right? It's it's it the is. hardest to manage and
3: yeah. to train and to uh, to, to guide, right? Uh, uh, because you, you don't want to make mistakes on security or data yeah. protection. You can't, right? Our data protection, our customer protection, for sure. It's a matter of uh, loyalty to our customers uh, and to our shareholders, uh, and so that's why we are absolutely critically looking at uh, every aspect of security. This is the, this is the design principle yes. the option of the adoption of a general
2: And maybe I'll segue slightly on that. You know, obviously, in General AI specifically, but, but also more broadly, we, we have, uh, you know, it's a crazy ecosystem, right? It's like, not only is the technology evolving every day, it's a new new vendor every day, right? It's a, yep. new, it's a new provider. Jacob, I know you've been kind of uh, engaged in some of the the partnerships in the network space as well. I don't know if you have anything you wanted to
5: throw in. I mean, one thing, um, Osmo, um, just recently, maybe a month ago, Verizon uh, announced a pretty significant partnership with HCL. And as I look at partnerships, and I know that every operator, every customer has their key strategic suppliers to be able to innovate, transform, be able to accelerate their roadmaps in different domains. The question that I would like to pose is, what do you see uh, from your perspective as a successful partnership?
3: First of all, let me say that partnerships for us are absolutely critical in you know, many part of our business. You manage HCL for managed services, but the same applies to the private hygiene exactly. uh, the landscape. right? Uh, we're living in a world where specialization is absolutely critical. If you think uh, how much companies are investing in their part of the business, what they really do well. In the case of HCL, they have a phenomenal platform for Office AI. Yep. They did over the years. So what we're doing is really meeting with these companies and we, we want to see how we can accelerate uh, the agenda for enabling our customers' innovation. Yep. It's impossible that every company is uh, the best in exact in- everything. So rather than dispersing energies in uh, try to do something that is not your core, the right strategy is to continue to invest in what is core for us. Right. And core for us is building networks and yeah. platforms and-, yep. and work with partners, at HCL or partners in the 5G space, and really sit down and say, you know, this is where we think uh, the. Enterprise and public sector needs are going. Correct. This is what we think they need. We bring this to the table. You are good in this. Do we want to work together and join F for to connect the dots on behalf yep. of our customers? But if we can work ahead of that and yeah. try to work together, put the pieces together, I think we make the job easier for our customers. Yeah. And overall, we accelerate the adoption of the new technologies in the product
0: sense.
5: Well, that's a great point because I think many times, uh, I like the word you use but core competence, right? You want to focus on your core competence you and everybody brings a different flavor yeah. of what they do. And I think when you marry both together, in your competency i think the partnership becomes very very powerful yeah. you know so that's i think really summarizes i think the way you want to approach
3: yeah and the way we look at partnerships is two things. First is uh, what other companies bring to the table in terms yeah. of capabilities. And the second element, which is as important, but it, is the cultural alignment uh, right. between the company. Strong principle in Verizon around integrity, around respect, uh, the way we do business. Uh, so we're really looking also to build partnership with the companies who share our same values. Golden So yep. if you have uh, assets and you have values in common, then every Everything kind of lines up. Kind of lines up. (laughs) Lines up,
5: absolutely.
1: TGI.
0: Open mic.
3: Hi, my name is Amar Syed. I'm with Oracle. I'm an industry executive director. I'm excited to share today with you that Amdocs and Oracle last week announced a global collaboration expansion Uh, for digital transformation. So essentially, Amdocs classic applications will be powered by OCI, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure now. And what that really means is this digital transformation and modernization for the customers and the industry is really gonna help accelerate some of the great initiatives that we're working on together. And for the customers, ultimately, they'll have agility, they'll have scalability, they'll be powered by one of the most secure cloud solutions out there.
5: Exciting time in the telco industry, and the communication industry, can't wait to see what this collaboration brings and, and the expansion it brings globally.
2: One of the things that I think is always uh, a challenge, and we, and we see it anytime there's a new technology curve, right, is, and you mentioned culture in the last, the last comment, which, which got me thinking about it. How do you build an organization? How do you guide an organization to be able to innovate and be able to, you know, be creative and passionate about certain things and still get their day docs done. Like when
3: when you're thinking about Verizon Business, like what's your philosophy there? It's a a journey, but it's not an easy answer because uh, if I would have you ask and I would write a book. Sure. (laughs) Maybe
2: you you should. Maybe it's time. But it's,
3: uh, but you're right. We have a a daily job to deliver. We have, uh, you know, uh, monthly numbers to deliver. We have quarterly, you know, numbers to deliver. We have yearly numbers to right. deliver. And in the meantime, you have to transform the business. Right. I mean, it's it's a small steps. So it's uh, it's really keeping people anchored to their strengths. Uh, but continue to infuse uh, new knowledge, sure. work on the learning and development, uh, learning to create incentives, and maybe to sell things in a different way. Sure. On the say side, uh, you know, compensation plan, or so it's had of multiple ways. And then what we do at What I Do is really work on the development of the leaders, yeah. I believe that. Uh, you can change uh, the mindset of an organization uh, if you really build a strong leadership, at director, and first line of management. I sure. think the first line of management is the key in an organization yeah. if you want to uh, smoothly transform the way you do business. Yeah. Uh, because changing a little bit the culture is changing behaviors day after day after day after day. Sure. And then award and reward the sure. good behavior. Two examples, you know, work a lot with the peer-to-peer coaches, sure. right? Take the guys who or gals that develop mm-hmm. those features uh, and those characteristics faster than others and, and, and ask them to help uh, bringing the teams together. It's a, it's not a kind of a secret, but it's a really grinding in everything. Challenging to do, whether it's Yeah, set and set goals. Set goals at yeah. the beginning yeah. of a year. Set goals at the beginning of the year. I want to be, at this point... Uh, at the end of the year, right. how do I get there? What I need to do on January 1st? What I need to do in January? what January 1st, is day two uh, look what like? Is it, and, you
2: know, yeah. it's great advice. I know there are countless uh, industry studies, right, and, and things that, that speak about the, the importance of alignment at the leadership level and how quickly
3: that breaks down, right? a, a lot of things stay connected with the people. Yeah, I like a lot being on the field. Yeah, right? because when you talk to the field, when you talk to the customer, when you talk to your employees on the field, sure. you learn a lot of how they feel, how you know, and you know. Maybe you have to shoot a little bit uh, your execution, because maybe you're going too fast and you're losing people behind you. Yeah,
5: and you know, I think the other thing also the complexity of the current twenty first generation twenty uh, first century problem that we have is we now have a hybrid workforce with people yeah. who are other side of the spectrum with with the with the Gen Zs and the Millennials that come in and join, who've got different priorities and the and the thought processes are of course different. And how do you marry and align vision, direction, culture? I mean, it's to me, I think it's a very inflection point, fascinating era to be leaders. At the same time, it's challenging too, because you have to, I'm sure, Mazum, in your case, getting an, a massive organization to align to your objectives, which has got different layers. And I yeah. agree the first line is absolutely critical, but you also have the challenge of how do you make sure that everybody in the organization is lines up to your vision and direction? with different styles of, of really operating. So, but that's, that's a good problem to have. It's, it's an inflection point.
3: Yeah.
2: Great. So we have something called TGI to go. It's a, uh, like a rapid fire, five questions off the cuff where you get to say yay or nay, right? So okay. or uh, A or B essentially. Okay. So... TGI to
0: go.
2: All right. So first one, Elvis or Frank Sinatra? Oh, Elvis. Elvis. Okay. All right. Star Wars or Star Trek? Uh, Star Wars. Star Wars. And I think uh, spying might be 50-50 now on the answers between Star Wars and Star Trek. Florence or Venice? Florence. Ah, uh, by the way, I agree with you. So, well, it's beautiful.
3: Uh, Malpensa or Linate? Oh, uh, Malpensa. Okay. Which is closest to where I have my house. <laughs> this is it's, it's, usually it's the real... very, very <laughs> opportunistic uh, <laughs> logistic. <laughs>
2: That's a good answer. Good. Uh, last one. Tel Aviv or Stockholm? Tel Aviv. It's a Yeah,
3: like that one, right? Maybe it was. It's a mix of culture. I mean, there's a no. fascinating, as uh, a, a narcissist, nice Middle East is like a, Interesting part of the world. And you travel quite a bit, so I assume, uh, yeah. I assume you have a yeah.
2: perspective on uh, on the
3: multiple you know.
5: So maybe, Mazbo, we should plan a joint trip to Israel where Amdocs is. Uh,
3: yeah, maybe for if sure. we do a stop sure. in Florence first. I think I'm to get
2: you, on this trip. This sounds great. Right. So, <laughs> so Mazbo, we, we really appreciate it. Thank you for making time. I know you. uh, your schedule is super busy. We I have to say, we've been fortunate to have great uh, participation from Verizon in the past year with the great indoors. Uh, We are delighted to have you join today's episode, and and I think it was a really insightful discussion. So thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure.
1: Jacob and I had a great time talking with Massimo on this episode, and I hope you enjoyed it too. If you did, please leave us a rating on your favorite podcast platform. And if you want to hear more, please head over to mdocs.com forward slash the great indoors.